Good afternoon and welcome to episode one of the WTF podcast. My name is Giancarlo Cola. I also have with me Tizzy O'Reilly and Shia Motley. And we will be discussing the upcoming Premier League season. Today we will discuss the top four predictions along with who won and lost the transfer window. And we would preview a couple of the games from game week one. And we will start with Taz's top four predictions. So you can go ahead, Taz. So originally we had discussed, we had some discussions uh, early in the week, and I gave a top four that did not include uh, Liverpool. However, <laughs> uh, after the recent injury to Wesley Fofana, um, Chelsea signing, or on the verge of signing Lukaku, Jack Grealish heading to Man City, uh, yeah, I had to rearrange. Uh, so City, I still have them winning the title. I have my United with a strong second. I have Chelsea in third, and I have Liverpool bump up to fourth place. They might just shit it. Uh, this could be controversial because I have some negative predictions for Liverpool as well, as you will hear later in the podcast. So I st- I'm still feeling on on Liverpool in this top four. They may have a surprise. You never know. Arteta might get it right. But I, I think that Liverpool might just shade it. But you'll see. Uh, Adi? Yeah. Well, in my original top four draft, I had Chelsea to come fifth with Leicester coming fourth, City, Liverpool, and United as the top three. But with the signing of Lukaku, Chelsea catapults all the way up to second. So my top four as follows is City, Chelsea, Liverpool, United. Obviously, the injury to Fofano would have made me drop them down to, would have played a part in making me drop them all the way down to fifth. So, yeah, that's it. City, Chelsea, Liverpool, United to come for. All right. No problem. I will go on now. Um, my top four um, is Liverpool, um, Chelsea, Manchester City, Manchester United. Now, I have Manchester City first. Um, and I had them first because... I was under the assumption that it was sinking. Based on what I saw from my city in the community shield, my city needs a goal scorer. Now, last season, my city won the title after a slow start. But if we being honest, Chelsea, Liverpool were bad, and Manchester United was satisfied with coming second. No, if my city does not sink in, and if they have to depend on Raheem Sterling, 
to score the goals, then he needs to have a big season. And when I say big, I mean like 25 goals in the league for Man City to lift the title. Um, Chelsea signed Lukaku. I do not think that Mane will have a poor season like last season. Salah always guaranteed you 20 goals. And Jota had nine goals from 19 appearances last season. Uh, Manchester United. Um, your talisman is Bruno Fernandes. And based on what I read, um, the referees supposed to be more lenient. Sorry, the referee is supposed to be strict when it comes to giving away penalties this season. So not having a striker who gives you 20 to 25 goals is going to be Manchester's Achilles heel. So to conclude... My top four is Liverpool, Chelsea, Manchester City, and United. Obviously, if Manchester signs Kane, then I will put them in first. That's it for me. So you you don't you don't think that they have enough quality and goals to come from the midfield from wide to number one? No, from wide Raheem Sterling. Um, Ferran Torres does not impress me. He played through the middle today in the community shoe. Failed to impress again. Um, Gundogan was their highest scorer last season. Gabriel Jesus, apparently he's not a striker and a forward, as seen in the Copa America. And he never got the opportunity to lead a team. Um, correct me if I'm wrong he had it with Brazil a couple years ago and he failed miserably I, I mean if, if he was enough quality I think that Pep Guardiola and Man City would not be interested in Harry Kane not saying he isn't good but I don't think he gonna guarantee you twenty five goals. Okay. Even even if he was guaranteed twenty five goals, I think Man City would still want Harry because Harry Kane is guaranteed thirty goals. Fair enough. He also does a lot of other things. I agree. That Gabriel Jesus can't do or hasn't shown us as well. And I and your top four is on the basis that Liverpool is gonna perform well. Honestly. I, I, I have honestly, no faith in Liverpool at the moment. Honestly, the reason I have faith in Liverpool is because people, memory real short, right? And Mania had a horrible season in terms of output. Um, obviously, Liverpool midfield do not score goals. The midfield is to work and, you know, keep the, the passes taking over. Um... 
as I said earlier, Salah guarantees you 20 goals. Uh, and Jota scored basically a goal every two games. And that is better than what Firmino will give you. Um, Gomez, Bandai, Canote, Mate, Phillips. That's five for two spots. Um, you got Trent, you got Milner. Um, that's two for one spot. You got Robertson and you got the young Greek defender. That's two for one. And you got like five or six options in the midfield. I don't doubt I don't doubt Liverpool's quality. I don't doubt that there is competition in the team. Uh, iron is sharpened iron. So you know if you're gonna see you're gonna see a competitive Liverpool, no doubt. My problem with Liverpool is they'll feel they'll fail to refresh the friend three. Jota is the only person who can rival that French tree currently. Minamino has returned from Southampton, I assume. But I can't see him rivaling anybody in the French tree or Jota. And they have failed to replace Wijnaldum. Um, they, they have no water carrier. There's nobody to do that the work. I think that Jordan Henderson's legs are going. I mean, he's still a good player, but I think his legs are going. I, I, and personally, for me, it's more the manager than anything. I think the players are tired of clock at this point. They just need a, a they just need a new voice in the dressing room, something to go on, something to get them going again. I mean, he can't turn it around. We've seen these things happen before, but I think I think this Liverpool team has run its five-year course. We'll, we'll see how it goes from there. All right. Players look, players look uncomfortable. Uh, Salah looks miserable. We've been hearing talks about Salah wants to leave, uh, having a little riff o'clock. But we'll see how that goes. All right. so I that's, respect that, your opinion. I respect that's your opinion. I do not agree with you. I respect your opinion. I do not agree yeah. with you. Um, I think last season is enough motivation to show the public that Liverpool is a title challenger. That's that's one of my opinion. All right. So not really. I hear, I hear. Um, I think that Liverpool has a point to prove from last season because they were really hit with the injuries. I expect Liverpool to come much better. I don't I I disagree with the fact that they make me mentally fatigued. I just think that the injuries were too much last season. And Liverpool has enough quality to challenge again. Thiago has to come better. Obviously, we know I expect better from Thiago. And I think that is going to be the that's going to be a vital player for Liverpool this season. I think much people already have written off, already write off Thiago, but I for me, I think that. He has the most to prove this season out of any other player in the league. I think he's going to come good. We'll see. We'll see. I, I don't have any faith in Liverpool anymore. <laughs> Damn. All right. So let's move on to the biggest winners in the transfer market and the biggest losers. Yeah. So you could go ahead, Tazio. What do you think? It's the biggest winners in the transfer market so far. Okay. 
So the biggest winners to me were Aston Villa. I think that they were able to... Well, they knew that they were going to lose Jack Grish and they made adequate provisions to replace goals, replace uh, creativity. And for me, so far, they have been the biggest winners in the transfer market. Um, they've had Danny Ains come in. That's a 15 to 20 goal season there in all competitions, I must say, not the league alone. Uh, we also have Leon Bailey, trickery, creativity. You got that there. And I think those players will mesh well with the team as well. It's not it's not only just them coming in on the team, depending on them. They got a workhorse, workhorse like McGinn back in the midfield. And we're, we're Bailey may lock that grip. Um, McGinn can back him up. And Ains, you know, he's going to work really, really, really hard. And that's great competition for Ollie. So Ollie Watkins, he's either going to sink or swim. And your biggest losers? Just discuss them. Liverpool, Liverpool. Liverpool are my biggest. Yeah, Liverpool are my biggest losers in the transfer okay. market. They signed Konate at centre back. I think he was great for Leipzig. But for me, they're replacing no one. He just strengthens. He just strengthens the back line. Gomez better look out. Um, midfield, nothing going on there. And the forward line, nothing going on there either. Like I said before, I don't think Minamino has what it takes to make the coach think twice about benching Mane or Salah or even even rivaling Jota to be that first sub coming on. And Simikas, the great left back, he hardly gets any minutes. Um, and those were signings from last season. He didn't retain Kabak. He went back. Um, Liverpool has just not done anything in the transfer window. I don't know if it's because of lack of funds. I personally, I don't think it is. I, I'm on the outside looking in. I think they should have enough money to capture some talent. Uh, maybe get Harry Winks in from get Harry Winks in from Spurs. There, there's plenty of young talent in. Premiership, they could have gone for Todd from Norwich. Those are players that I think would help their midfield in terms of the front line. This is tricky right, because so let me let me interject here for a sec, right? Go ahead. Liverpool has a guy on their books by the name of Harvey Elliott that had a top season. And you, right? and you have and you got Jones, and, Curtis Jones, yes. and you got Curtis Jones, and also and you can also see. Minamino, Minamino, Van Dyke, and Gomez can be considered as new signings. Oh, so we're right. taking this, we're taking the Arsenal wing the row. All right, no problem. Right. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> considered as new signings. I don't right. think Minamino is good enough. But uh, I, I'm not as, I don't mean he's not good enough for Liverpool. I don't think he's good enough for Liverpool. Honestly, I can't see it out because he was not given extended right in the team for me to say well he had time he failed playing five minutes there 20 minutes there you can't really do nothing um he had a decent spell at southampton to be quite oh, yeah, honest so, 
So we we going on club side of it, which is a gig and press. Mm-hmm. And we know Firmino, Firmino has to start because he's the boy that started the press. He he, he presses well and he complements the other two white men running running off the ball. I don't see that. From, I don't see that from Jota, but Jota Jota has other other um abilities. Uh, uh, but I right. don't. I don't see anything in Minamino's game that says he fits Klopp's game and press. Fair enough. Neither I honestly don't think that they're good in there. They're good Klopp, in there already. That Klopp is gonna sign a player that does uh-huh. not fit his style because he will come outside the Klopp ring. I would come, figure that right. And Klopp don't always play the the four three three, which means Liverpool play a four two three one sometimes. And Salah is a striker, and Menemino can play left, right, or at number 10. So I think so you, there, there's a place for Menemino. You have Shakiri who wants out. He wants to leave. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Obviously, that has to be that has to be because of lack of minutes and the fact that the World Cup is coming. And he wants to be regarded for the Swiss team. However, there... Minamino can't even worry about Shakiri for me. Fair so enough. I, and, Fair enough. And for the for the midfield, I don't think Curtis Jones gets around quick enough to complement the midfield. And I think um, Todd Cantwell, uh, I mentioned earlier for Norwich, mm-hmm. I think he would be he would have been a great addition as well as Harry Winks. Honestly, I mean, if I have Thiago, I'm not going to say Harry Winks. And yeah, as I say. And as I say, and and as I say, Harvey Elliott. I don't think Thiago. I don't think Thiago. I just think Thiago was a luxury bike. They had opportunities to get a great midfielder, and they went But he doesn't fit that team. But Thiago and Harvey Winks basically has the same stuff. So I'm not gonna go and sign a Harry Winks, and I have a Thiago. Just don't get me wrong. I'm not here preaching Winks. Like, Winks is a great, great midfielder, and he's a must-have in the team. But Winks gets around in the field quickly, keep the ball tick- keeps the ball ticking, doesn't look for that extravagant pass, and it just he just gets the job done for those runners off the ball. That's, that's just my opinion. Yes. To conclude, you just said that you don't think Minamino fits the, the high press though. No. Correct, correct. Harry Winks does not fit the high press though either. I think he does. Um, <laughs> like it's a, he, he's getting around the pitch quicker than, than the same Thiago, than the same Curtis Jones. I've not seen much of Elliot, so I, I can't even comment there. So I'm not Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, let's I'm share my opinions on why I saw. Honestly, let's agree to disagree. Adi? Yeah, yeah, yeah my, big- you, <laughs> oh, uh, my biggest winners are my biggest winner is Manchester United. <laughs> Simply because they addressed what needed to be addressed, which is the right hand side with quality in Sancho and centre back with quali- proven quality in Varan. And in the works is a defensive midfielder. A defensive midfielder, basically, in the works, if you're going according to reports. So Manchester United just came out the gates, addressed what they had to address, got quality in those positions, 
good quality in those positions, proven players in those positions. So I just feel like you can't look past Manchester United if you're looking at who had the best transfer winger. I think it's clearly Manchester United. And my biggest losers got to be Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace lost. <laughs> look at my list. My list is Townsend, a crucial first team player. Van Aanhal, a crucial first team player. Sakura, a crucial first team player Well, when he's not injured. McCarthy, same thing. Keir Hill, we all know who Keir Hill is. And Scott now, not so much, but played a vital role within the last three, four years. They basically replaced those six, seven players with four players. One on loan, which is Conor Gallagher from Chelsea. And he only has one Premier League season to his name. A fairly decent one weapon, but one. And they signed a youngster named Oles. I can't get any name pronounced. And he's from the championship. So, yeah. So yeah, I he's highly rated. That, highly rated. I heard yeah, from I know, Eddie, but obviously, and that he he's should from be the championship. For <laughs> the also, championship. He's also from now, France. He's also from France. I know. He came back from England as well, too. Players that come in from the championship, we know it could be hit or miss. Because we saw we saw highly rated players come from the championship, like Tarat and those players, big names, Phil. And then we see players, non-league players, like James Justin and Vardy. So, I just think that players from the championship are 50-50. And even though if he turned out to be a success, I feel like he still needs time to get used to the league. So replacing basically seven crucial first-team players that all left on freeze with two, two inexperienced players and another two. I just think that... And a new manager, a new system, you have to integrate these players with a new manager in... Patrick Vieira, new system. So I just think it's, a, it's too much for Palace. And I just think that they were the losers. Okay. Biggest losers. All right, so I will go now. So my biggest winners so far is Aston Villa. Yeah. Um, Aston Villa sold all their creativity, basically, in Jack Grealish. Um, they signed Bernier who had a top season in championship last season, also has some Premier League experience. So, yeah, expect him to take the gun running. Scored 15 goals and assisted 16 last year in championship. Um, they added Bailey, uh, who had yeah. nine, nine assists in the Bundesliga and eight goals. And they also added... Um, Danny Ings, who scored 12 goals last season and 22 the season before um, for Southampton. And Ollie Watkins scored 14 goals and had nine assists in his first season in the Premier League. So, with the signing of Danny Ings, more than likely, Ollie Watkins will be pushed away. Um, that's a position he played under the same coach for Brentford. So uh, a front three of Watkins, Danny Ings, Wendy, and Bailey. Um, I think Ashton Villa should do well. That's my biggest winners. Um, my biggest losers would be like TSU, Liverpool. 
And the reason I chose Liverpool is because I think that Liverpool should have a plan B. And me personally, I would sign a number nine. I would sign a number nine. Because for me, Noah averages 11 goals. I don't expect Mane to have such a bad season. Jota is pretty injury prone. Let's just say Mane don't have the greatest season and Jota is injured. Then that leaves all the goal scoring burden on Salah. And me, you, and Taz know that Salah is an awful footballer. <laughs> he scored. He easy on the eye. But, yeah. So, <laughs> me personally, I was sign a number nine. So, that's why I chose Liverpool as my biggest losers. Um, right. So, we are going to... Hey, before, you, before you... Before you what? go any further, just, just let me double down here on this Liverpool thing, right? And you find, <laughs> you mentioned you mention a plan B, right? They have failed to sign a Mbappe before. So, Karius is back. Who failed you before? Adrian is still there, continuously failed. And then you have the young, uh, I think his name is pronounced Keller. Yeah. Right. So, now you're in the biggest competitions in which is Champions League. You got the Premiership. You're going to play FA Cup. And you're going to play the league. At some point, you need a keeper who can back up Alisson, who can push Alisson as well when he made those mistakes. So those seldom mistakes, I should say. And, and it, it does feel like they don't have a plan B. And for... And you said uh, they should get a number nine. I don't even think, I can't even think of a good number nine now that they can get. Now that it's so deep in the market. The perfect number nine that I would have signed if I was the manager of Liverpool, just signed for Aston Villa. Danny Ings? Yeah. Um, you could trust him to press? Yes, Ings- because Southampton plays that still. He's a workhorse. If he can press the way club this price, I don't know. I think that I think that I think that Lacazette should be a good shout for Liverpool. To be honest, to replace he, he's just another Firmino. You think so? Yeah, yeah. I yeah, think he, that Lacazette yeah, quite clinical. Clear. I as I, I think that Lacazette nice with the ball to his feet. Yeah, he, he is. Can do things, he can do stuff that uh, he can press. He athletic. He can press and. Lacazette can finish. This is not well, me, let's shit. Not, let's this is not, not forget me. that Lacazette. This is not me. This is not me shading Lacazette. No, I think he's a great player. I just think he's another Firmino, and I don't think he's actually a thing. You, we were speaking about a plan B, so the plan B incorporates a thing. Yeah. Whereas, no. Or oh, or oh, yeah. Anyway. Right. Or oh, or. Oh. I was thinking like, of correct. someone to take for me, no, his place. No, actually. No, 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 no. I was, I wasn't going on the lines of a plan B. Oh, mm-hmm. it's, it's just a, it's just a, it's a plan B. We were to use. But it's, a, yeah. it's, it's all right. Yeah, I think Lacazette is good too. I just think he lacks confidence at Arsenal, but that's it. yeah, correct. But Lacazette clinical for sure. Yeah. So the quick hits, um, Carlo. Um, yeah, City yeah. versus Spurs, Arsenal versus Brentford. 
United versus Leeds and the very easy and <laughs> predictable Palace versus Chelsea. <laughs> um, right, so I can start with my predictions. Um, for City yeah. and Spurs. Um, Spurs. Right, so I watch Spurs during preseason. Spurs play a lot of inferior opposition. Um, Deli Ali and Lucas Lebright, son as usual. Um, the defense is still the defense. They sign Romero. Um, I don't think he will come straight in. So that might be an issue for Spurs. Um, the latest Spurs game I watched was against uh, a very strong Chelsea, and Spurs struggled. Spurs. Spurs got chances when Chelsea made substitutions, and you know substitutions is always disrupt the um the chemistry of the team. Um, I think Spurs will struggle against Manchester City. Manchester City is too strong. The defense um, and the attack. Um, in the community shoot today, they played a couple of youth players. It wasn't that oh. impressive from what I saw, but they also have Bernardo and Foden. Sorry, Bernardo and Grealish that can't start next week. So I would, I would, I, I honestly think that City can pull like two or three passers because Matt Doherty and Eric Dyer and that crop. Uh-uh. I mean, I've been impressed with Skip, but no, not no, not that crop. At least two or three nil to Man City. Damn. From UD City fan. <laughs> um, oh, you know we discussed this already, and it's going one one. <laughs> Simply yeah. because Manchester City's players are back, don't have De Bruyne, don't have the English boys, don't have Stones, don't have Walker. There's another player that we don't have Jesus. There's another player missing. Oh God, I hear from my head. Yeah, yeah, correct. So basically, we have Cancelo. He's every time he played for Walker. Yes, we know he could do a good job at either right or left back. But I just think that City's players that are there at the moment, if they come back late, they just wasn't starters over the last couple of seasons. We know City has quality. That might not be. You get me? That might not be. A good excuse, but I just think that Spurs, Spurs full team had a full preseason basically, and plus what I see from City today, City just look off the ball. City don't look sharp, and I think that I just think that they need some time to get into it. So I'm going with a one one to Spurs because I expect Spurs to be a tad sharper than City. So, yeah, that's it. Okay. Well, well, for me, I I think although you got some sound reasoning behind your your uh, result, I think you just frightened the city because you're city fan. You don't want jinx it or something. No, nah, I was trying to be as honest as possible. Well, well, honestly, Spurs is not good enough. <laughs> at, at, at this point, I think Spurs is good enough to beat you know city. 
<laughs> whether you whether you consider other men are missing for C players and these these other players that you believe will start are backup players. Plus, Hurricane will be out. I'll, I'll be very surprised if he starts. No matter if he was sick, no matter if he was, no matter if he went AWOL trying to hold up for a move to City, there's no way he should be starting. And no, a Hurricane is not playing game week one. Okay. And a full preseason doesn't doesn't automatically transfer into a great result. I'm not saying a great result. I'm saying that it's a draw. Well, a one-one draw for Spurs is it's a, a great, great result. result. <laughs> I, I don't think so. I think that I think that you're exaggerating it because I think that Son just as clinical. Son is a very clinical player. Son as clinical, yes. But Son at striker against centre backs. Son can't head. Son cannot hold at the ball as just the whole hurricane would do it. You want Son, to know what Son can do? Uh-huh. Son can <laughs> run in behind that that high back line that City plays. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. So so, so you're just highlighting one of City's weaknesses, right? But you need the ball to be able to run in behind. Exactly. I was just about to say that. If you, if you don't have the ball, there ain't nobody to pass the ball to you when you're running behind. Come so on, it, you know. Is it, we have seen Spurs successful just, against Man City. Okay, okay. On the counter-attack with the seal on already. We not disagree with you. We, remember we remember I started by saying you have sound reasoning. Yeah. But you're right. But I tell you, Spurs are good enough. From what we that's, see, Spurs, Spurs ain't getting. That's okay. That's okay. I just yeah. think that sharpness matters, <laughs> and yeah, sharpness matters. And I think that Man City, at least three weeks away from being sharp enough to be the wait, critical wait, wait, wait. Man City that we know. So yeah. Manchester, so the Man City eleven that played today is not the eleven that played in all the friendlies so far that they won. Carlo, today you brought an inferior opposition to me, right? Yeah. Yes. Good. I am asking you. I just um, want you to answer me if the Man City 11 that played today didn't play in all the friendlies leading up. Which means if that is the Man City 11 that starts against Spurs next week, they should be as sharp as the Spurs 11 that had a full preseason, just as the Man City 11 did with the same team that played today. I don't you think they got a couple. Of, I think Diaz missed like two games. Cancelo missed like two or three. Like we got players that came back from Euros that missed a good set of games. Two. We only had four preseason games, and they missed two, basically you, half. You're telling me that this city side is not is not good enough to beat Sanchez. Not sharp enough. It's not sharp, sharp enough, enough to beat Sanchez and friends. <laughs> this, is, you, this is you honestly telling me Sanchez. Yeah, right. I, Sanchez and Daya. I, I can't I honestly can't agree with Adi. Um because I just don't I just don't see City running ramp up day one. I just can't see a perfectly fluent city, a, a perfectly fluid city running ramp up on Spurs. Yeah, but okay. City I don't think have Spurs to be perfect to beat um Spurs. City is like years ahead of Spurs. This city and, team I watched today played Leicester first team. And Leicester first team is a well-oiled machine. And they lose because of a mistake made in the 89th or 80th minute. Carlo? And this, this is, this, this is the team that I saw up here today uh, would beat the Spurs team. Carlo? At least two, two or three nil comfortably. 
City created one clear-cut chance today, and that was Idozi slicing wide, if I can remember. City, mm-hmm. City, City, City didn't look good today. You real? I never say they look good. I said City played Leicester's first team. This man, City played Leicester's first team. Leicester's first team is a stronger team than, than Spurs? I guess. I guess. <laughs> Let me see. Spurs without Kane. Spurs without Kane. If you, if you don't want Jinx, that's, that's Leicester's. Fine. Leicester is a better team than Spurs team. Even with Harry Kane and Son, Leicester is a better team than Spurs. If you if you don't want Jinx it as a city fan, that is fine. I don't. I don't think it's a matter of me trying to jinx it. I think that's my honest opinion from what I saw. I really ain't impressed with how City looks so far. And so, I think that Spurs can hit one. Well, to conclude, I think this can be a... I, this, I think it's going to be a 3-1 or 2-1. I, I don't think it can be a blow, but uh, Spurs Spurs may very well, very well get one because of the quality of Sun. But after 60 minutes of running and you don't see him scoring, uh, that's it. That's it for Spurs. Yeah, I agree. I, I honestly don't see Spurs. And to add, Spurs just changed the course. One of the same points that you made pertaining to Crystal Palace. Spurs yes, Carlo, the but their first team had a full preseason. Not and much in goings or outgoings. That's all right. That's Unlike right. Palace. Unlike Palace. No, 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 no. I am not saying I'm not saying that you're wrong for Palace. All I'm saying is that they change your coach. So obviously, certain things is going to change when it comes to how they play, how they set up, Correct. how they defend. Manchester my, City has continuity. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, and my argument to that is that they had a full preseason. Well, say, okay. well, the since first team had a full preseason to know what they want to do. Since you, as a City fan, doesn't have. Since you as a city fan don't got a strong belief in your team to win, we can move on to the next game. And we will see um <laughs> next weekend. Yeah, so, for sure. So Just remember we, I said it one one. The next game we're previewing is uh, Arsenal Brentford, right? Arsenal Brentford, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You won't go ahead. Me? Uh so I did some homework, uh, like I told you. I remember watching Brentford, I didn't in the championship when they failed to uh, get promoted. Uh, they really have Ben Raman and, and that crop. And from what I remember, is uh, they're an attacking side similar to the Leeds. Um, yeah, they also come to attack as well. This season, uh, season I just going, you should see, I saw a little bit of Tony. He was impressive uh, in the few games I saw of him. But to beat Arsenal, uh, that's a tough one. If, if they're going to beat Arsenal, they have to be like that season uh, with, I think it was Wolves uh, and Delta Brown. And Giovanni scored that gem on Harmonia. That's Hull City. Uh, that's Hull, my bad. They were orange. Um, yeah, I think I think they'll have to be that type of team to actually, actually stay up and to also beat Arsenal. I think Arsenal got enough quality, as bad as they are, as much as they're letting down the team, as, as much as they're letting down the fans and coach. I think Arsenal got enough gas to see off uh, Brentford, unless they're extremely lightly, like a few times. Um, Arsenal, Arsenal is Arsenal. 
as long as they cannot make mistakes in the back, as long as Aubameyang is not wasteful, they should, they should be able to cheat it. Sorry that we're talking about Arsenal shading games, but that's that's the point we reach with him. Uh, you can go ahead, yeah. Well, what I see from Brentford is that they play a relatively high line and they are very attacking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I well let me just start by saying that my prediction for this game is going to be two one. I can see Brentford getting one, but I just think that Brentford playing the high line and Arsenal with the pace in behind with Aubameyang, I think that if they use Aubameyang, I think this is a good game for them to use Aubameyang on the left because because (laughs) Brentford's right back. What I saw from Brentford, they like to go down the right-hand side Mm -hmm. and they play a very high line. So I would would use Aubameyang on the left-hand side Obviously, you know, he ain't got to get back and think if, them, if Brentford attack. But I just think that Arsenal got, got enough quality to get past Brentford. And the high line that Brentford will play will just be a more reason for Arsenal to, you know, give, give me reason to let, let me think that Obama will have some joy down there, to be honest. And once he takes his chances, I don't see a problem, to be honest. To one. Arsenal. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, okay, I want just on some. Well, not him. I just want to comment on something that you said. Aubameyang on the left, uh, exploiting space. <laughs> yeah. Aubameyang is not a bright player. Uh, I've seen him there <laughs> on the left. I've seen him there on the left already, and I have watched Arteta on the sidelines screaming at him for every single, every single play. Like Arteta was actually going. Go inside, make the move inside, exploit his face, and, and he had to be—he had to be literally coaching him. Like, and you—you you see those uh those youth games where the coach is actually screaming at a player, uh, something you shouldn't do. Like, I felt that—I felt as though that's what Arteta was was trying to do. Obama, it seems like he doesn't know how to exploit his face. He will score because he's going to finish. He has pace. Once you get real one on one. Two out of four, two out of five, he can score. We can't, we can't take that away from him. But in terms of exploding space, knowing to go at a weak link, knowing how to outrun a player, knowing how to make those diagonal runs inside, <laughs> I think Arteta is going to have to have a megaphone on his side and screaming those instructions again because I can't see him doing it on his own. I don't know. I, I, you might see it as that, but I just feel like uh, Arteta, Arteta's instructions are very detailed, so it may look like, you get me? You understand? So it may look like he begging Aubameyang, but I do understand where you're coming from, but you got to remember that dying Aubameyang's main position. True. But, it's true. So putting him there might prove to be futile. That's all I was saying. It can it be, might, but, it, with, it, but with detail, it, nothing wrong with coaching a player. Throughout the whole game, <laughs> nothing wrong with doing that. To be honest, it was done with Luke Shaw. <laughs> nothing wrong with, with coaching a player throughout the game. You shouldn't have to coach a professional player. Let me, but he's 90, out of position for ninety let, minutes. Let me give my two cents here, right? 
if I go coach a professional player for 90 minutes, I think he should be playing at least four or five divisions below the Premier League. So that's that's my opinion. Yeah, and me as a coach, I wouldn't be, be doing my job because I get missed other things that went on. But we see Antonio Conte giving details. He does be on his sideline. He's be giving detailed instructions. He's be on his sideline a whole game. Shouting at, at every single player. You have never seen him focus on one player for 19 minutes. That's fair. Because Akonte is an animated coach. And if you don't do what Conte says, you'll be on the bench. If you, if you continue not to do what he says, you'll be in the stands. And it's, it's just that simple with him. I just think that if Arsenal use Aubameyang on that left-hand side, he can exploit that space left for the right back. And Arsenal can find some joy. Don't bring their left, bring for his right. He can. That's true. You're, you're absolutely correct. But what I was saying is that from what I've seen of Aubameyang, he's not done it on his own before a coach having to be guiding him for 90 minutes. That, and that's crazy. So you you give a close to one for me it was uh I didn't give a, a, a score line so I'll I'll give two one to Arsenal as well. We we really know you Carlo. I'm sure you got something interesting. Carlo yeah. um oh. I expect how you scoring again. Three two four three and the reason I say this is because both teams play the same way. Now, I can start with Arsenal, right? Um, I watched Arsenal play Watford, and I watched Arsenal play Chelsea. Um, one of my favorite Arsenal players, let me know, in both games, which is El Nene. Um, He was caught in possession on numerous occasions. Um, obviously, Watford, Watford didn't capitalize on the opportunity. But Chelsea did uh, and was able to create chances. And if I am correct, score a goal. Now, Arsenal play, I hear Addy say Brentford is play high. Arsenal play real high against, against Chelsea, especially Chelsea. Damn, right? For real. And if you play high, you got to be real careful with the possession. Both El Nini and Xhaka, and Xhaka lost possession on numerous occasions. And that, that, um, the Brentford team, that's pre- the Brentford team does play like how Liverpool used to play when Klopp first um, took over. That high press, heavy metal, no fear um, yeah. football. Brentford does play like that. Brentford also play out the back like Arsenal. And playing out the back, um, based on what you see last season, teams considered a lot of goals doing that. Arsenal did against Chelsea as soon as Bellerin came on. And I would expect Brentford too as well, because to do that, you need quality centre-backs, quality wing-backs, quality defensive midfielders, players that are real comfortable with the ball. Um, Brentford's main threat is Tony. Now, I know that he did it in the championship, and people... Is going to say that or the championship is a different level than the Premier League. But I just want people to know that Tony also did it in League One. And the same was said about him making the step up to the championship. 
And he went from 24 goals in League One to 31 goals in the championship. I expect Tony to get at least 15 Premier League goals this season. Um, from watching Obama Yang in preseason, uh, to use Addy words, Obama Yang is not sharp. Um, I see he missed at least two or three clear opportunities against Chelsea. And if Arsenal is to stand a chance at winning the game, he needs to be at his best. Um, but I expect how he's scoring game because both teams play um, a similar style of football in terms of the wrist can play, not the back. And yeah. we all know that Arsenal, um, they have a couple of mistakes in them. And I expect Brentford to make a lot of mistakes because it's a step up in quality. And they also sign a very good centre-back. Um, used to play for Celtic. So when you change up um, your defence, obviously, you know, the cohesion in there anymore. I don't know what style um, Celtic played, but I know for sure this coach will not change his style. Um, he hasn't for the last four years, three years, for however long three he's years. in charge of Brentford. Three years. Right, so Brentford is going to come and attack. I expect a high scoring game. Um, it could go to either Brentford or Arsenal. Um, Fair. So we can move over to United versus Leeds. Um, I will kick this one off. Yeah. Um, right, so... United solid. Um, they add Varane. He he's not going to play in game week one. Sancho is not going to play either. Um, if preseason is anything to go by, Manchester wins this game comfortably. And I say that because Manchester has been pretty decent in preseason, and I cannot remember Leeds winning a game. Like every game that I follow uh, pertaining to Leeds, Leeds lose. And I know preseason is not important, but winning games also gives you confidence. Um, if I am correct, lead sign for poor. He would replace Alioski. And they also signed Jack Harrison from Man City on a permanent basis. Other than that, Leeds haven't signed anyone that I can't remember. So I'm going to I'm going to say Manchester United. So Leeds nil. I'll go with Manchester United. Two Leeds one. Simply because Leeds just, I, I don't know this is a good thing to say, but Leeds just gets a goal. I, Leeds, Leeds is very ultra attacking. And I just expect Leeds to get a goal. But United has quality. Um, Mason Greenwood's off the right-hand side. I just think that he he's going to be an important player this season for Manchester United coming inside off of that left, off of the right-hand side. Because... The that yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that he's a mere player this season, whether he plays a lot or plays a little, to be honest. But... What I see from United, especially this morning, United look, United looks sharp. United looks sharp, to be honest. And 
Greenwood looks like the most dangerous man out of preseason to me. Greenwood looks like he's up for it. Um, Lindelof. Lindelof and Maguire. Maguire back, right? Maguire? Yeah, Maguire yes, back. Maguire, Maguire played today. I just think that they know each other and they're starting the season. It's actually, yeah. And they're starting the season is, could actually be a good thing. Give Varane some time. And I just I just think that, and obviously we know Leeds with the high press. Concedes a lot of chances. A lot of chances. And Bielsa never seems to change his change his style. High press, all or nothing. And I just expect United to get a fair amount of chances. So initially I said 2-1, but I'll have to go 3-1, to be honest. 3-1, United. Uh, so for me, I think this I'll go three out of three. Uh, my United would have been. Uh, you said my my United looks sharp. That that might be sure, but I think this team is actually happy now. I I think that Oli has gotten some new toys. He would he would play with him when he's ready. But the players seem to have a, a beat spirit, and maybe that's because they're actually seeing quality coming in. They're actually seeing a change around the squad in terms of, of bringing in champions and not having to lean on I was I don't want to say inferior players because all our professionals at the end of the day. Um just just players who don't have that quality to take it into the next level. I think they the team realizes like the club is heading in the right direction. And if if they had any any inkling of Negativity towards the management, Edward is gone. So everything is looking up. Pogba seems happy. There's no more talk about him leaving. So we'll see. We'll see huh? where they go there. Who oh, Pogba? They still talk about Pogba leaving. Yeah, but not from Pogba's camp. That's what I mean. Oh, the important people. The important yeah, fear. people. That's fear. I've I haven't heard Raiola talking about Pogba leaving. So I'll go a blow. Uh, this is a four nil for me. Yeah, I, I think four nil. Yeah, I think my United will, will give real crush. Four nil. Yeah. I trust Leeds to get a goal. Leeds always seem to get a goal. That's quite fine. I think Bielsa teams just burn out after a while because the constant, constant high press. Uh, we've seen it with his his squads before. We've seen it happen in one season already before with the same leads. Uh, they were leading yeah. the table and then they just burn out at the end because and, his, his tactics are very demanding. The way he yeah, plays fast. is very, very demanding. And uh, Leeds is a really small squad. That's my concern. Leeds is a really small squad. He also works with about 20 players. Leeds is a do, very small squad. To do that over three, two, three seasons is... It's gonna be crazy. You have to be the finish yeah. team in the So I think my United are gonna crush you. And for the big game for the weekend, <laughs> Crystal Palace versus Chelsea. All right, so I can go first. Yeah. Uh, Chelsea three, Crystal Palace no, with or without Lukaku. Yeah. And no need, no need for 
along when you present. No, no, no need for any answers. I think there's, I think there's a blow as well, uh, and only because of what I've seen from Pat Shapiro at New York City FC. I don't, I don't think he has uh, fired him as a coach to get the best out of players and to get the best out of a brand new squad, as Adi alluded to earlier. So, I, I think it's a blow. Chelsea three, Chelsea four, it could be five. Um, I won't. I won't go the route of a bloke, given the fact that Chelsea under Thomas Tuchel just weren't ruthless. They won yeah. the Champions League, but they just won't. So without Lukaku, let's say Lukaku doesn't play, I'm going one 0 I'm going one 0 Chelsea. One 0 That's it. Yeah, without Lukaku, if Lukaku plays, I'm going three 0 uh, I was a striker before. I I wasn't a striker under pressure, but if I was. Thibaut Werner, I, I think just, I might start. Knowing that, Lukaku coming, knowing that Lukaku is coming in, I am cunning. <laughs> I like him for three or four. And that's, that's what I think he's... But my, my, my argument to that is we don't... Timo Werner isn't a mentally strong player. And I just think, I just think the signing of Lukaku sinks him. I don't think he's going to take it well. He already looks jittery in possession. And when he had no competition, I know that he could sense the fact that competition coming, I could only see Timo Werner getting worse. And that's just my <laughs> honest opinion. In possession, Timo Werner looks shaky, indecisive. People that say, oh, he's important, he makes runs. I mean, like striker support. I don't think his runs are amazing. I think he makes typical striker's runs. But for some reason, he doesn't seem like a mentally strong player. And... The pressure on him from Lukaku coming, I don't, I don't think, I don't think it makes it better. But if Lukaku comes, like I said, I'm going three 0 because we all know Lukaku knows the league. He needs no time to adapt. He's been there already. He's coming back a way better player technically. He's got a point to prove. So Lukaku to me takes a one 0 and turn it into a turn turns it into a three 0 But if he doesn't play, I'm going one 0 Chelsea. Chelsea. Just remember that. Just remember pressure makes things. Right? All right. So just let me add. Let me add something. No, he says all right. Now I watched Chelsea this preseason, and I can start by saying the addition of Lukaku could possibly remove the goal scoring pressure off Timo Werner um, and make him better. Um, Chelsea played with a front two against Arsenal, and they also played with the two number tens and one striker. Chelsea does create plenty chances based on some research I did. Yes, but they are hopeless in front of goal. Chelsea also has Kai Havertz, who can score goals, and let me tell you. The boy Ziyech, that's his name. Yeah. Yeah. He seems to have a point to prove this season based on what I see in preseason. He seems to have a point to prove. So Chelsea got goals in them. It's not only a FT more Werner don't score. Um Chelsea don't score. And just remember that that was uh Werner and Havertz first year. There should be, I mean, it could go the other way as well, but 
this should be settled now. And they, they have a German coach. So I expect Vernon to score goals as well as Kai Havertz. And as I say, Lukaku could help Timo Werner because then it is not about him anymore. He goes scoring burden in rest on his shoulders solely anymore. So that could possibly also help Timo Werner. And like I, I said, he seemed like a mentally weak player. Uh, no, I can't say that after one season. I can't say that after one season. Not after yeah, one you, season. You, you see how you black and white with other teams, but not with City. <laughs> I just think he seemed like a mentally weak player. No, you I can't see say that the pressure I, there. after after one season because I saw Madrid signs the damn Madrid, and these men had shockers in the first year and not coming good. So I can't. Well, I, can't I just, that. I just going off what I saw so far. I can't. I am not cap. I can't. I can't see the future. I just going off of what I seen so far. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and oh, against uh, against Arsenal, his latest game, Carlo, mm-hmm. playing like he has the jitters, two one on one, to put the ball into the side net. So let me ask you a I, question: I just, Did he not set up the goal for Havertz to score? Yes, he did. Okay. Two v one, yeah. Some people get two v one and and the defender win the ball. Fair, but I just I just don't trust what I see from Werner. I just can't trust him. It's not like he plays good and is unlucky. It is one season. Oh my god, one season. So you so, but I going off of what I saw. Okay, fair enough. I'm going off of the evidence that I have. All right. And the latest evidence I have is mm-hmm. the last week against Arsenal, and he looks the same player. Fair enough. I'm just saying that the season is long. Yep. And if Timo Werner scores 15 Premier League goals, I think he had a good season. That's just my opinion. I don't Other think people so. might crush me for it, but you know, at any day you come into so. Chelsea, if, you come into Chelsea. If you're playing wide. And if you play wide, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. You'll see. In five days, but Tim Warner was brought in to challenge the big strikers in the league, Carlo. Okay. And after one season, he didn't have a good first season. So I, I would not judge. Um, Tim Warner was brought in to challenge the big strikers. And he did not have a good first season. Lukaku scored how much goals at Manchester? 16 goals. And people say that he flopped. Lukaku went and destroyed Italy. Uh, Lukaku's not seen as world class, but Lukaku got 107 Premier League goals. People see what they want. If Timo Werner flops this season, then I will agree with you. But after one year, I cannot see that Timo Werner in a good to bring him in. To, I mean, I see Shevchenko, Fernando Torres, and all, the, all these people went to Chelsea and feel Morata. Exactly. Yeah. Chelsea's not going to club. You understand? And Marata ain't, ain't do nothing to, to make people say, oh, I was wrong about he. If Marata scored well, 15 goals, give thanks. In five days and 20 hours, we'll see. Yep. Arsenal versus Brentford. First game, we'll see. Yeah. So, so next so week, next week, you know, then we can have the discussion after 
the, the Crystal Palace game and, you know, the other games. We will have this discussion. Yeah. This right, is so where we closing words? Not for the Premier League. Uh, <laughs> no final words. Anything from you, Taz? No, 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 not for the Premier League. So, this is where we come to the end of our first episode of the podcast. And I look forward to speaking to you guys next week after the lovely results coming at Timor Werner Bynes in a hat trick. Very much so. Very much so.